Hello, friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order Faith Friday Special Edition. I am here with my friend Rebecca Ann Perkins. For 15 years, she has been doing ministry as a speaker at women's events, running her Christian life coaching practice, and hosting her podcast called Truth Applied. Rebecca holds a master's degree in human services and has over 3,000 hours of working with people one-on-one. Part of her unique story is that she was single until the age of 39 when she met and married her husband, Jeff. They live near Boise, Idaho. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. Uh, my pleasure. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> Me too. Are, are you, do you go by Rebecca Ann or is it just no- Rebecca in normal conversation? Uh, just Rebecca. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just use my uh, middle name because my maiden name was a name that was kind of already being used by somebody that was professionally known. Um, and I wasn't married at that time when I started all of this. So I was, I went first and middle, but now I'm married. And so I'm like, I'll just use all three. <laughs> well, congratulations on the marriage. I know that's a, that is a huge deal. It is. What, what was that like for you? I mean, I, I would imagine somebody who's a believer and successful professionally and involved in the local church and doing all the things that you're doing. I imagine you were probably having people try to fix you up with their cousin and brother and son and grandson and stuff all over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, all that is true. Um, I mean, still to this day when people, when I tell people and and I realize that that's kind of my story, I'm like, it almost feels like a a joke. It doesn't. God is not a joke. His plan for our life is not Mm -hmm. a joke, but Mm -hmm. you know, most of the time over those two decades, it was, it was me and other people trying to figure out, am I doing something wrong? Is, Mm -hmm. you know, like, it just seems like this is what God wants for all of us is that we get married young and have kids, start a family. And, um, to, to the degree that I was aware I was walking in his will, you know, not like, unrepentant sin and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, what was that like? It was just the journey God had for me to learn. I think similar things that everybody learns in life, they just learn them in different ways. So things like letting go of idols and that he's enough for us no matter what. And what do we do when our dreams don't work out the way they thought they would? I mean, I just had to, I guess, wrestle with those things, maybe earlier in life or in a different way than a lot of people. Uh, but it was hard. <laughs> I mean, to put it bluntly, yeah. it was, uh, God was with me. Um, but it did feel most of the time like a desert. Uh, not always. I, I don't know if I should say it like that, but, um, for sure when yeah. Jeff came along and I got married, I, I felt the next phase of life start that I had been waiting for. Yeah. Well, praise God for Jeff. How did yeah. you guys meet? Uh, we actually did meet online. Um, he only lived eight miles away from me and actually went to our sister church. So I'm like, can nice. we just say we met through church somehow? But um, no, we did. <laughs> we met <laughs> We met on match.com and, you know, on like a Tuesday. And then on Friday, you know, we met in real life. And so our whole relationship was able to unfold in real life and at church and all that. Um, but yeah, we, we did meet online. That's so funny. My wife and I, met um at church but we were both trying match.com and uh-huh. it never it never matched us with each other for some oh, reason funny. but 
God's grace, I suppose. I mean, maybe yeah. I'm one of the lucky ones, but she yep. was 31. And, you know, to a lot of her friends, you know, that seemed like a long time to be married for mm -hmm. the first time in your 30s. So, yes. Yeah. Kudos yeah. to you yeah. for remaining faithful. Thanks. There were definitely hard seasons, but and seasons that I would say in my flesh, I tried to walk away or wanted to walk away. But I think one of the main things that I learned about God during those years is the covenant relationship and the fact that, mm. um, you know, he doesn't let me go. It's kind of over the years, it was like, okay, <laughs> like you're so faithful. Um, you're so faithful. Why, why would I walk away? It just wouldn't make sense to yeah. walk away, you know? Right. Well, that is a, is a good segue into a question that I have for you. Um, we're in this society in which the world teaches you can have whatever you want. And a lot of times even we hear churches and, and ministry leaders teaching, you know, if you come to Jesus, he'll give you what you want. Mm. What would your response to that idea be? I mean, does God give us what we want? Does he, what did, what did people need? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I had that for sure. Most of, especially in my, my twenties, I wrestled greatly with not only, but you're giving everybody else what they want. Don't you love me? Don't you see me? Um, but I also had a bit of a chip on my shoulder and the pride about the fact that I was like obeying. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like doing it your way here. Um, and I know friends that aren't right. I know friends that have maybe sinned in these certain ways and yet they're getting married. They're, I mean, they're getting all the rewards and you know, you're not rewarding me like, okay, why am I following you? You're not giving me what I want. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, all you have to do is read the Bible to realize that he often doesn't <laughs> give people what they want. Um, and, and I would, I would go back to the word over and over and over and over and over. And God would always give me wisdom and encouragement and something in the word that would remind me that he's what I need. And he always gives me him. And in fact, when you know, in some ways I'm getting a more of a measure of him than other people. Um, he just slowly had to really write and correct a lot of things inside of me. But yeah, to the question, does people give, does God give people what we want? Um, if we pray hard enough, I've heard that. If we believe enough, I've heard that. If we have enough faith, if we're obedient enough, um, no, I think God gives us what we need. I think God gives us what's good for us. And I think that sometimes God gives us uh, or withholds from us what we want until a time that it would be better for us to have it. Um, and I don't know that that's 100% true. I'm sure I could have gotten married in my 20s and it like it would have been okay. You know, <laughs> it's not like mm -hmm. I wasn't ready. I don't think my husband was. <laughs> He got saved later in life, um, 10 years before we met, but later in life. And so, um, you know, and I a hundred percent believe that we, we are like the person for each other, you know, it was yeah. God's will that we ended up together. So, um, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't think that God gives us what we want fleshly because fleshly humanly, 
I don't think our wants and desires go as deep for us as God's good wants and desires for us, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. He knows better and he wants to give us better. So that would be my thought on that. I I agree. I think, um, you know, and, and I remember wrestling with singleness too in my late twenties and thinking like what Psalm 37, four says, delight Mm -hmm. yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires Mm -hmm. of your heart. But then it came, it occurred to me at one point, and I think this is probably a better understanding of this verse. Like if you fully delight yourself in him, then like the desires of your heart change. And like you said, Rebecca, he knows what's going to make us happy so much more than we do. And we're like in our ignorance, like preschoolers going, but I want the lollipop, you know, and God's like, you need to take a nap. You know, he knows, he knows what we need, even though it doesn't necessarily always feel good for us. Yeah. And, you know, this isn't a real popular opinion these days, but it's true. Um, we don't just exist kind of for our own happiness. We do exist for, I think, the furthering of the kingdom and the good of the body. And like, you know, my, I'm going to go with 18 years of, because that's basically how long I was single from 20 to 38. I mean, I dated on and off here and there, but nothing, nothing like super serious or long-term. Most of those years were single. Um, the amount of emotional like wrestling I had to do with the Lord and learning how to be with God and learning how to find truth and learning how to believe the truth and learning how to process my emotions healthily is like what I do now as a profession. And mm-hmm. I'm good at it. I'm good at it because God gave me the skills, right? Um, and so I, I regularly see how my journey blesses other people all the time. And it's not a journey that I would have been strong enough to pick for myself. (laughs) It's not a journey that I would have just been like, yeah, I'm going to suffer this hard for this long and feel left out for this long and feel overlooked for this long or forsaken for this long so that I can really bless people for the rest of my life. No, I wouldn't have been able to, and I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own. And and yet God- not in our nature. No, it's not in our nature to do the things that refine us. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> well, And so, I, I mean, we could go so far as to say, like, did God let Rebecca be single until she was 38 just for the benefit of other people? Um, I don't know. Uh, he was with me all those years. He never abandoned me. And so I know him. He was enough for me. But I also know that it is a great blessing to other people and that I'm able to help other people. And I, and now I wouldn't take that back, you know? Yeah. Amen. Well, you, you mentioned what you do now and can you talk a little bit about who you are professionally, what it is that you do? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a speaker and a life coach and a podcast host. Um, before COVID, I used to travel nationally and speak. A lot of that got shut down and, you know, it hasn't really come back fully. Um, I, I still speak quite a bit, but now it feels like a lot of it is local. Um, but yes, I, women's retreats, uh, women's events of any sort, high school chapels, you know, Christian school stuff, um, almost anything you can think of. 
Um, I've gone, I've done missions retreats and things of training missionaries who are uh, on furlough and things like that. So yeah, the, the type of speaking and teaching is kind of all over the board, but it's faith-based. Um, and then, yeah, the coaching portion is one-on-one Christian life coaching. Um, primarily women have occasionally worked with a few men and that works. It goes well as well, though. I have thought to myself, we need more men doing this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as a, uh, full time. So now by the grace of God, I get to run this ministry full time. That's amazing. What is your website, Rebecca? It's Rebecca Perkins.com. So yeah, the spelling of my name, R-E-B-E-K-A-H is the Bible spelling and then Ann, A-N-N-E, Perkins. Well, and I've already told you this, so this won't come as a surprise to you, but I've spent some time on your website and I love it. I, I love the questions that you ask. I love how you introduce yourself. Oh, um, thanks. <laughs> start your journey of living in Christ's easy yoke. Mm-hmm. Like that's a thing, right? I that's mean, people. That is a that is a real thing. So so one of the buttons here says three steps to find and fix lies you believe. In what ways in your experience, Rebecca, have you seen people held up by lies that they believe? Ugh, it's everything. Um, that's one of my favorite freebies, and it's uh yes, please go to the website, y'all, and grab it. It's just a PDF download, but it's very effective because really all I do in that, you you know, really in coaching, um, we intuitively as a coach can help people find, you know, what's kind of holding them back. But I'm like, what's the easiest way I can do this with people, you know, in a PDF download. And so it's just a list of truth, really. It's biblical truth. God is enough for you. You're unique. Um, God has a plan for your life. And there's Bible references to go to each one of those truths, right? And I think there's like 40 or 50 on there. There's a lot. And I just prompt women to circle the ones that don't feel true. So like we're reading truth, right? And if you get to one that's like, God sees me or, you know, I'm totally forgiven and it doesn't feel true to you. Well, that's a lie that you believe. Um, It's a lie that you believe. And if you don't believe that truth, you will be acting out of that lie you will be acting out of the, I'm not fully forgiven. God's mad at me. Okay. That's going to affect your life greatly. If you're walking around thinking that God's mad at you or Mm. I'm unique, you know, I'm Mm. seen. Um, I'm not Mm. an accident. If you're walking around Mm. thinking, you know, based on maybe the home you grew up in or some, something that happened in childhood, but you're, you're thinking nobody really wanted me. I'm an accident. That's going to affect your whole life. That's going to affect how you feel about yourself and how you interact with people and negatively affect your life, right? But the Bible says that nobody is and God foreknew everybody. And so it's like, if we can find those things inside of us that are lies, because the Bible says the truth sets us free. So what are the lies we're believing? And how do we get the truth to move from our head to our heart is really the, the crux of what I do. So you you mean to tell me that there's an actual application that can change lives of using the words of Jesus? (laughs) There's an actual application that can set people free. Because on varying levels, we're all, um, I don't want to say chained, but um, on varying levels, we all are. 
I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so the more we know the truth, the more it sets us free, the more we're, you know, not walking in sin because sin makes us become a slave, right? That's a chain. Um, the more we're not walking in our own power, but God's power, the more freedom uh, that we get to experience on this side of heaven. Absolutely. Well, one the next section or one of the next sections is how to find ultimate joy by letting God love you. <laughs> so can you talk a little bit about that one? I don't know. It took me 18 years to figure it out. So <laughs> um, yeah, no, really it all comes from in your presence is the fullness of joy, right? We've yes. all heard that verse. Yeah. Um, yeah. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And um, so I work with women often who they have a lot of blessings in their life. Some don't. I mean, some people come to me with like, ah, oh, my life is not going well. But some people come to me with like, I've got a husband and I've got kids and I've got stuff and I've got a job and yet I'm anxious or I'm depressed or God feels distant. And um, it sounds so simple and we all struggle with it as humans, but it's like, how much are you really not just out of habit going to church or reading your Bible or listening to worship music, but how much are you dwelling in the presence of God? And how do we do that? Because a lot of people don't know how to bring their whole heart to the table. They don't know how to interact with anybody super vulnerably, nevertheless, God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, but for those of us who do that or have done that or do that regularly, we know, we know what the presence of God feels like, right? <laughs> And we know that it's ultimate joy. I mean, like, I love my husband. I love being married. I love my family. I love travel. But if I had all those things and not the presence of God, I wouldn't take all those things in place of the presence of God, right? Because when we're really in his presence, there is fullness of joy. But a lot of people hesitate and don't quite know how to lean into his presence because of the love thing, you know? Mm -hmm. They don't really understand unconditional love. They don't really know how to let love in. So, I, lo, letting God love you, letting just letting God love you and not performing for God is where a lot of, I think, spiritual freedom starts. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a long explanation. But yeah, if people want that lesson, they that's can great. go grab that for free too. <laughs> no, that, that's great. Thank you. And um, I believe it's Psalm 16 that, yes. that comes out of maybe. Um, it's like the end of the chapter. I know that. I, I had to Google it. So 1611, <laughs> 1611. Is it 1611? Um, okay. Yeah. So just curious, completely doesn't matter. Um, but just out of curiosity, what version of the Bible do you tend to read the most often? The most often ESV, uh, but I have a new King James, which I know has been <laughs> disputed in some ways. And yet I love it. I use the new King James quite a bit. Um, but yeah tend to do ESV. Okay. How about you? Great. I, um, I'm a big fan of the ESV. If, if I really want to know a literal, uh, plain English translation, you know, it, it'll be in the ESV. L lately I've been using the Christian standard Bible mm -hmm. because, um, I got it for Christmas last year and I really like it. I, I, mm -hmm. I really like most of it. And, and none of them are perfect. I, I, you know, I mean, obviously some of them are translated like word for word. Some of them are like thought for thought, you know, sentence by sentence mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, 
and the CSB is kind of a blend of the two. Okay. So, and, yeah, I haven't and, read that one much. It's good. My, I have, a, I have a sacred name Bible on order. Um, I'm anxiously anticipating when it, when it arrives. So mm. we'll, we'll see. That might be our, my next favorite. <laughs> um, can you share a success story of one, um, whether it was a client or, or somebody at a, that reached out to you after you spoke at an event, maybe I, reading some of your online reviews, I, I'm sure that you have a lot to choose from, but somebody whose life was really impacted as you brought biblical truth to their understanding. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have, so I have many, um, it's easier for me to think of the ones that are kind of closest, you know? So I have a client who was kind of like what I was describing earlier in the sense that she, kids, husband, husband even kind of made quite a bit of money. Like they're, they're by the earthly standards, very set, I guess you could say, and blessed. Um, they go to church, all the things. Um, but she just had an extreme kind of uh, works-based home that she grew up in, a lot of perfectionism, a lot of conditional love. And so even though she would say like, I know God loves me. I know he died for my sins, like all the good theology she knew in her head, um, constant, constant negative inner voice, constantly feeling like she's failing as a mom, constantly wondering what other people are thinking about her, totally unable to just engage like at church or at, um, you know, like a, uh, maybe one of her husband's business events without feeling insecure. And what did I just say? Real, always replaying failed scenarios in her head. And of course, you know, she's like, this doesn't feel like the freedom that I'm supposed to have. Right. <laughs> I don't think mm -hmm. I should mm -hmm. be up in my head this much and, and this anxious or this depressed or kind of hate myself this much, but I don't have any clue how to get out of it. I mean, I don't have any clue. I've prayed. Um, I've done all the women's Bible studies and she just couldn't kind of see the, the root issues herself. Um, and so we started working together, worked together for six months pretty consistently. And then we, we check in still to this day. I love her. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's radically changed. I mean, she's radically changed. We were just able to find what was sin in there. You know, there was some sin of uh, pride and control and wanting to be better than other people. And we were able to call those things out. And I'm like, you, you to be able to confess this stuff and lay it down. Much of it was Satan, you know, just in her thoughts and teaching her how to take those thoughts captive. Um, but also really the theology of grace for her, um, just over and over and over talking about grace because she just wasn't raised with any grace. Um, she wasn't raised with kind of permission to be human. Um, and so it was a layered approach to help her. But um, yeah, I mean, to me, when when a woman's able to just show up for her family, for her friends at the church and be present and be a light and not not be self-absorbed with those negative things, but instead like here I am able to like serve God and serve the world. That's everything. And we, yeah. and she did get there. How does that make you feel as, as, as a coach, but even more so as a sister in Christ, how does that make you feel when you see somebody have that kind of a breakthrough? Um, it makes me glorify God, to be honest. 
Um, I'm thankful that I get to be a part of the journey, but it, it just makes me, God is so good. And to everybody, like he, it's not just like God is oh so personal to me, you know, oh, he's with me in my journey. He loves her that much. He knows her that much. He, um, died for, you know, Christ's righteousness is hers, not just mine. And so, yeah. you know, when, when she embodies truth and the salvation that is ours, it just makes me want to worship. Like God is so good. He's so good. Yes. He's so <laughs> to be able to see him be that good to other people just makes me, you know, more aware of how good he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's awesome. How has knowing all of this affected your your relationships like i mean <laughs> i assume you have a great marriage because you're an amazing person and you guys are both loving god and not that any marriage is perfect right but it gets easier yeah. over time as you as you learn that god intended marriage not just for your happiness but for your holiness as well having that accountability partner yes. there yes. Could you just share a little bit about your relationships as a result of biblical truth and applying biblical truth to the way you interact with and love other people? Mm, great question. Um, yeah, first I'll say sometimes when you say knowing all this, I do feel like I know a lot. I know I don't know it all. And God keeps revealing like aha moments to me all the time. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. I, I constantly feel like I'm learning, but on that same token, I, I do sometimes interact with maybe couples or something like that who are struggling and I can like so clearly and immediately see what's wrong and they, and they just can't. And so I, I do realize that because of how much I've worked with people, I do know a lot in some ways that's a curse <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because with my family and friends and my husband, they don't want to coach. They don't want to coach mm -hmm. and they don't need mm -hmm. somebody you know, to fix them. They want me to be their aunt or their, you know, wife, sister, daughter, all the other relationship friend that I have. Um, and so I've learned, I've very much learned how to kind of take the hat off. It's like, Ooh, I'm problem solving and I'm helping you grow. And I'm trying to provoke learning for you. It's like, no, you don't need to be doing that for the people that are closest to you. That's, that's not going to work. And you're not better than the people closer to you. Like I've had to definitely, you know, work through some of that. But to answer the other, what, what feels like part of that question, just like, how does it affect my relationships? Um, I think the number one way, and this can be for anybody, I don't think you have to be a speaker or a coach, just in general, when you know that God is your ultimate, right? That he satisfies you, that we're safe in him. These like really deep, but true things that he's sovereign, that he's good. Like when we know these truths about God that really positively impacts all of our relationships because when there's conflict, you don't freak out the same way. Uh, when somebody can't meet your needs, maybe the way you want them to, you don't freak out the same way. You know, a lot of what I see out there with people is people are kind of expecting other humans to do for them what only God can do for them. And that creates a lot of conflict in relationships and a lot of pressure in relationships and a lot of control in relationships. And so if anything, I, I think that just, you know, the journey I've had with God and knowing him as being my everything and enough for me, never leave me, never forsake me. It, it's just allowed me to like enjoy humans 
and my relationships as opposed to like kind of using humans, which I think a lot of people do. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Not that I'm perfect at it. (laughs) I have moments. Of of course. I I love what you said about, um, I don't remember exactly how you phrased it, but basically like, you know, the people around you don't, people don't always want to be fixed. You know, sometimes people just need to vent and, you know, a, a big part of, loving people is just listening to them and biting our own tongue and, and allowing them to get things off of your chest. My, my wife has a dear friend, somebody she loves so very much, but she can't talk to this, this other lady because, you know, when she starts to tell a story or share something, you know, there's always like a very quick response, like, Oh, just pray about it. You know, Oh God just wants to use that. Like, you know, these, and it's well-meaning. We're always, you know, People are all generally very well-meaning, but sometimes it it, it will shut down um, yeah, it will. trust in a relationship. I, I just love watching the way that God interacts with people in the Bible. And I think he's perfect love and the perfect father. And so, you know, he, especially when it comes to emotions or like humans who, and he knows, like, hello, he knows what needs to be fixed. <laughs> he has a right to fix us. He can fix us. Um, when we're talking about wanting to like help or correct or fix people, I think the phrase I, I used was provoke learning. Like, how can we turn this into a learning moment for you? God doesn't do that first and foremost. Like when he interacted with Elijah, when he interacted, like a lot of what happens in the Psalms is comfort, um, his presence, his love, his compassion. Yes. Normally after that, God puts people in their place and or like reminds them of what they need to be reminded of. Um, but only after the the person has kind of fully shown up and been and said what they need to say and kind of expressed their feelings and brought their whole pre- presence into the presence of God. And he's like, okay, you know, he lets that be. And then he's like, okay just to remind you, like I'm God and you're not, (laughs) or Mm -hmm. however he ends up talking to that person. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's so, he's so kind. And like you said earlier, sometimes we just, we don't, we don't want to know the truth, right? Sometimes we just, we're stuck where we are and sometimes we enjoy being stuck. So I think, I think a lot of times we would rather enjoy complaining than humble ourselves and mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that you're always receiving new insights, like like you have these aha moments. And I think it's because of humility, like you're you're willing to admit that you don't have all of the answers. What would you say mm-hmm. about that? Um, I, I mean, that's nice of you to say that. I do hope that I'm humble. I I think there's it's been humbling. I mean, just the experience of being single as long as I was was very humbling. You know, it's very humbling to watch everybody else, you know, get picked, especially from a female perspective and get married and have this sort of validation that the church and the world gives people. And it's just very humbling to to not have that for a long time. But um, I don't I just love learning. And I also love. Um, yeah, there's a there is a weird balance of like. I'm confident in what God has called me to do and the skills that I have, but I also know I don't have to have all the answers. I know I don't have all the answers. Um, 
I know I've had people ask me before, isn't it scary to be a life coach? Like, how do you know that you can help everybody? Or what if you can't help people? And I'm like, well, first of all, that's why I'm a Christian life coach, because I'm not, I have some knowledge and skills, but ultimately I'm pointing my clients towards the one who can help. And I know he can help. Mm -hmm. So like, Mm -hmm. if I'm helping you break down the walls between you and God, um, I'm a hundred percent confident he's going to do for you what you need done, right? That I'm a hundred percent confident in, which means even if I'm like in the middle of a session and I'm like, I don't really know what to say to that. That's okay. (laughs) Like we're going to pray about that together and we're going to see what happens this week, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I learn from my clients all the time. I take notes, you know, on their stuff, but then I also am always like circling stuff they say. And I'm like, oh, that was so profound. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Well, I mean, I, I, again, I think that shows that you're, that you have a level of humility that you're willing to learn. And so often we, as people think we have it all figured out, especially ourselves, right? We, we, we feel like we know ourselves so well. And Mm. so, you know, how dare anybody Mm. else come and speak into us? into mm. our lives you know nobody knows us as well as we do right except for god mm. so um mm. i've had some of those moments too since being married where it's like you know i remember telling my husband recently like that that reaction that you had is because of something inside of you and i was a hundred percent convinced that it was something inside of him and he's like no the reaction i had is because of your tone of voice <laughs> like this is a very real example and I'm like, no, no, I'm, I didn't have in my heart that I would have spoken to you in that tone of voice. So like, you're wrong and I'm right, right? I know that I wasn't trying to be X, Y, and Z, which means it's in you. And I did. I really considered whether or not he was right, which was hard and new for me because as a single person, you don't really have to do that. Um, but I did. I really considered. And I'm like, even if it wasn't in my heart that that came out, maybe controlling or whatever the word was disrespectful because it wasn't like, I do know myself well enough to know that I wasn't trying to be disrespectful, but maybe I was, maybe I was, or maybe that is how it sounded to him. Or maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe he's right. Mm -hmm. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm wrong. And those are weird, scary places to go. Sometimes (laughs) can feel a little scary to consider like, yeah, Oh my gosh, maybe this person's right. And I'm wrong. (laughs) It, it it's a little scary, but it always comes out better if you're willing to have that conversation with yourself, isn't it? Yes, it, it is. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, through through all of these seasons of life, you have this seemingly great marriage, seemingly great career, um, this great walk with God. Out of all of those different things that you have going on, and and of course, you're still very young, right? The, you have a lot of life left ahead of you, but to date, how would you say that God has been faithful to you? It's just in my quiet time, meaning every time I've come to him with tears or a need emotionally or a, I mean, there really was, there was hundreds over 18 years. There's thousands probably of moments where I felt very negative human things, just left out, left behind, you name it. Um, and he just always, always loved me in those moments. He just always spoke truth and love over me. And it's okay that you feel this way. And I love you and I see you. And 
he just always, always met me there. So I guess mm. emotional support, uh, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't know because yeah, it's not, I mean, when you say, how's he been faithful? Has he given me a household of, ki- uh, 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 all the physical things I want? No. Has he given me a bunch of financial things that I want? No. Um, but he's given me himself like to a degree that just is so <laughs> his love, like it just woos us, you know, it, yeah. it's so overwhelming. It's such an overwhelming flood of beauty. And he's just never with held it from me in that way, the one-on-one way. If people think the love of God is giving you stuff or things, no, that's not how I felt the love of God over the years. I mean, I was living in an apartment while my friends were buying second vacation homes and stuff. Like it's not stuff that he gave me. It was him. Um, It still is him. It will always be him that he gives of himself just freely and completely. And so that's how he's been faithful. I love it. Do you think that overwhelming love of God that you mentioned is that, do you honestly believe that that is available for everybody? Absolutely. I do. I think it, I think it comes though through the honest interactions with God. And I think that's why a lot of people aren't feeling the love of God because they're still being really intellectual about it. Um, they're reading about the love of God. They're hearing a sermon about the love of God. They are not taking the drive where they tell God what they really feel and what they really think and what they're really struggling with and what they're really disappointed about and what they're really confused about. And how dare you this? And why does why is my friend's parents still alive and mine is not? Hmm. And really contending with him like we see in the Bible. I mean, the people in the Bible do I don't want to say shake their fist at God, but some do. I mean, some of them are like, how dare you? And why have you forsaken me? Um, And I guess I've just always been really unafraid to engage with God like that. Um, And so, but that's where I feel his love is because there's something there that needs to be loved, right? Like I bring him the part of me that needs to be loved and he loves me. (laughs) And so if, if people aren't bringing that to God, then I don't know that they're feeling that unconditional love. What do you think about that? I mean, that's my perspective as a woman and my journey, but what do you think about that? I I think you're dead on accurate. I we we all have our broken places and and you know, it's funny because in in conversations with different people, you know, a lot of times a lot of conversations revolve around complaints about other people, you know. And um I find I find myself saying frequently, "Oh, well, that person has a self-esteem issue." That person, mm-hmm. and um, my wife said something to me one time a few years ago. She's like, "You think everybody has self-esteem issues?" <laughs> and you know, maybe that's just a, a different vocabulary. It's a different way of expressing it. But we all have brokenness, and yeah. you know, to take that part of you—you you said the part of us that needs to be loved—and to take it to him and allow him to love—that brings healing. You know, and so as we discover those areas, whether it's through relationship or through um, hope deferred that seems to be making our heart sick or or whatever it is, as we take those those areas to him in a very real way with tears and sobbing and all of the different stuff, and we just say, God, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with this. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, I think so many of us have been um, convinced or um, led to ask Jesus into our heart mm-hmm. over the last several decades in the Western Hemisphere, but people don't really know how to submit to his leadership. Like they want him mm-hmm. as a savior, but they don't really want him as a Lord. Or if they mm-hmm. view him as a Lord, they, they view him through the same lens of their earthly father who was absent or you know, what, whatever that was like, you know, and, um, by getting to know him through his word and engaging with him by being brutally honest with, with yourself, there's, there's no limit to the healing that he can bring. I totally agree with everything that you said. So good. You, you mentioned your quiet time earlier. What does quiet time look like for you? This will be my last question. Um, it looks like journaling. Um, almost always starts with just a like a, an awareness that I'm okay. Hi Jesus. I mean, sometimes I write that. Good morning, Lord. Sometimes I don't, but it's an awareness of like, okay, I'm in the presence of God. Sometimes it's in the evening. Most times it's in the morning. And there are some days that I get too busy and I don't do it. And I can always feel it when I don't do it. Um. But it always starts with journaling and just this is kind of how I'm feeling. These are all the things swirling around inside of me. This is what I'm thankful for usually comes out. These are my prayer requests usually comes out. It's not like I have that set. You know, I don't follow like the X, you know, (laughs) uh, program or whatever that acrostic. What's that called? Um, But it just kind of comes out in that way. Usually this is where I'm at. This is what I I need. This is what I'm thankful for. All of those things usually This is what I'm excited about today. Just really getting in the moment and in the present. I I do not like to get up in the morning and um, just get pulled from one task to the next. I like to be very in my day and in the moment with the Lord um, present, I think is the best way I can describe it. Um, scripture, some scripture, sometimes I'm reading something specific or reading, you know, through the whole Bible, but most of the time it's literally like usually maybe what we're studying in church because my church goes through it. So like we're in first Peter Mm. right now, Mm. some scripture. Um, and then usually when I can fit it in, and this is my favorite part of quiet time is private worship. So I'll put in earbuds and I'll close, you know, my doors. So I'm sure my husband can hear me singing through the walls. Um, and I worship usually a song or two. Um, and, and that honestly, to me is one of the best parts of my quiet time. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that. Well, Rebecca, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a little bit and, um, learning about your ministry and how you're advancing the kingdom by bringing wholeness to people, helping them find their God-given mission, I think. Um, Mm. Maybe that's not the way you would phrase it, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a small aspect, at least, of what you do. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Um, How can tell us again how people can reach out to you, how they can hear your podcast, and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me too. It's been a pleasure to uh, talk to you, and just I mean, anytime I get to meet people from across the country who are brothers and sisters in Christ and who are doing, uh, you know, their thing for the Lord. I, I always kind of wonder like, what else can we do in the future? Or like, how else can our paths cross? What can we all do for <laughs> the kingdom? Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so people can go to my website, which is RebeccaAnnPerkins.com. My podcast is called Truth Applied. And um, it's on all major, you know, streaming platforms. So they can just look that up. Um, If they need someone to speak at an event, you know, they can book a a call with me where I'll talk to you about your event Um, and, and life coaching. I do have a few actually starting in January, I don't know when this podcast will air, but starting in January of 2024, um, I am going to be putting out a few very affordable, I think probably under $50 mark, 20 to $40 teachings. So things like this that, uh, that we've talked about today, but because one-on-one coaching is not super cheap, you know, it's mid range to price. But there are a lot of women out there who can really benefit from a lot of what I do in coaching. And so I'm creating lessons um, at a very affordable price about things like letting God love you and deeper in defining these lies and limiting beliefs and um, even emotional intelligence, which is kind of one of the the big things that I like to teach on as well. Um, So they can they can um, coming in January um, purchase those too. Okay, great. And that'll be on your website, too. Yep. Yep. That'll be on the website. Awesome. I am trying to stop this. All right, I'm learning.